Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk, your Star Wars podcast for us super fans. And those of us who are forced to listen to them. Today is someday, and someday we had to say goodbye to a sexy, sexy Mandalorian. Bye-bye. Are you ready, Thomas? I'm ready, Brian. It's time to drink up. Drink up. (laughs) You know, Thomas... I don't know Thomas. Who's this Thomas? He's a very handsome boy who's also very sweet. This Thomas? <laughs> that Thomas. Today is going to be a honey day. I oh. love this album so much, and I feel like I had the greatest relationship in the world with a certain Luke Skywalker. And that relationship might be... Not so honey? honey? It might <laughs> not be so honey. This and so much more coming up on this discussion of The Mandalorian Chapter 16. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, The Rescue, right? Was that what it was called? I don't know. I just show up. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you press record? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, we're recording. All right, great. We are. Oh, surprise! (laughs) Well, welcome, folks. My name is Tom. My better half is Brian. He's right across the table from me. Well, hello there. If this is the first time listening to Pink Milk, thank you. Thank you. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Write us a little something nice. Kind of like this. Sith Jen writes, Pink Milk is a must-listen for any Star Wars fan. I've been a fan... Uh, oh my god, I can't read. Maybe you I can't were not read. A big enough fan, Brian. I can't read, Jen. I can't read. Pink Milk is a must listen for any Star Wars fan. I've been a huge Star Wars fan for years, and every time I tune into this podcast, I learn something new. The dynamic between Brian, Emma, and Mark is so wonderful. They build on each other's thoughts, help each other with different aspects and speci- uh, specialities within the Star Wars genre. Thank you, Sith Jen, who. Streams with us on Friday nights on Peak Milk After Dark. Maybe she listens to us on Mondays when we post that live stream on po- on Apple Podcasts. Either way, she made it sound so good. I might just go listen to it. Tom can usually <laughs> sit in. He's the one who messes with our algorithms when an average watch time, 45 seconds. <laughs> I like to think of myself as I pop in to make sure everything's going all right. And I pop out. And then I go to sleep. <laughs> It is After Dark. It is. No, they have been a lot of fun. These After Darks, we went through the entire series, season of Mandalorian together. I have no doubt about it. Sometimes you actually wake me up because I hear you all laughing in the studio here. So I'm like, oh. They're good. They're good. They're good. They're good peeps. It's going to be interesting now that The Mandalorian is done because Husband and Husband and After Dark both cover the same thing. But mm-hmm. I think here going forward, we're going to discuss different things. Hmm. So, how was your week, Thomas? How was your week? You know, Brian, i got to be honest, it was long. It was a long parenting week. How about yourself? Monday (laughs) felt like it was Thursday. All week long, I thought I was on a different day. It's really kind of crazy. And the funniest part is, we are so ahead for the holidays. I feel like I have so many things done. Mm -hmm. Um, Largely because the kids were... uh, 
they're off from school now, so I had to get everything done. Yep. But uh, nonetheless, it's done, so I have no complaints. I don't know why I've been off all week long. But I have a question. If any of our listeners or parents, please send us a note at servingpinkmilk at gmail.com. Have your children ever stolen money to buy ice cream from the ice cream truck as it comes tooling down your road? It's <laughs> great. Because we can say ours have. <laughs> we can now check that box. <laughs> Who buys $22 in ice cream from the ice cream truck driving around the neighborhood? Your son Jack does, Tom. Your son Jack. But Jack didn't. Well, he was involved in the theft. Yeah. He was the beneficiary of the theft. Of the, the theft. theft. The actual criminal. Was Michael. Was the youngest one. Yep. Who went to buy ice cream for the three brothers. And then Jack, the oldest, decided to take the remaining balance of stolen money to buy ice cream for the entire neighborhood. Which I did bring it up quickly with Mark and Emma. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, at least Jack is a nice person and did the right thing. I'm like, well, you know, Emma has a great point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Says the one who didn't work hard for that $22. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And Emma. I did because I actually <laughs> sold something on OfferUp. For it took me six months to get rid of it. We won't say what it is, oh just God. in case. And it was free too. And it was free. So, <laughs> oh wow. wow, that really makes us feel. Huh. Huh. Okay, listeners, don't parent but like the good Tom news is It's out of my house now. So. <laughs> the ice cream's probably out too. Oh. Yeah, I'll probably have to clean that up too. <laughs> I can't believe I just went there, and I can't believe you didn't. You did uh, as well. But anyway, it's all good. So, Tom, you were asleep on Friday after dark, on Peak Milk after dark. But uh, I had mentioned to, I think it was in the chat. I think it was recorded. These people are going to think I sleep a lot. (laughs) Well, that's how you look so handsome. Lots and lots of beauty sleep. Good answer. Yep. So I told them that I was very excited for you, or by you, for Mm -hmm. you and by you, because you have decided that you want to start watching Star Wars Rebels. I do. What spurred that? What spurred it? You know, largely because of all the guests we've had on over mm-hmm. the past year. And in some way, shape, or form, percentage-wise, everybody always talks about Rebels. And I'm like, well, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so it sound, every time they talk about it, it just sounds like a really great show. I remember after Clone Wars, when mm-hmm. Rebels was beginning, I remember... You know, you watching it, but that I was, was your show. It. That was my opportunity to be like, oh, all right, I'm, I'm going to bed. bed. <laughs> <laughs> huh. I wonder why people think you must sleep all the time. Hmm. <laughs> I go to, I get up early and I go to sleep early. You I know, mean, nine o'clock is not that early. I guess not. Yeah, I'm really, I mean, I'm with you. It's not. It's late. I don't know. Anyways, I'm really excited to watch Rebels mm-hmm. again. I've watched it probably two or three times. Mm hmm. I'm not, I am not as familiar with Rebels as I am Clone Wars. So I'm really excited for that, actually. But didn't we have a listener tell us uh, how long it would actually take me? Yes, yeah, someone on YouTube. Se- how many seasons? Four. Okay, 60 episodes. Is that what you told me? I think so. Oh, God. I, I don't remember now. But yeah, somebody broken it down to like 35 hours or something. Whoa. I'll have to go to YouTube. It's in the YouTube comments. Speaking of YouTube, you could head on over to Pink Mill Podcast on YouTube. And subscribe to us there, and then smash that like button on all, on all of those things. We're growing over there. It's been fun. Smash those likes. Pound and smash from last week. <laughs> Speaking of pounding and smashing, oh my god, Pink Milk After Dark on Friday, the comment section was getting steamy. It felt like at the end of this episode, we're going to skip ahead for a minute, but when all the dark troopers like unplug from their battery and all the fog's coming around, 
of this chapter? You don't remember that, Tom? I no, I definitely do. Okay. I'm just curious where you're going. Well, that's what the steam the the chat room looked like. It was so steamy. There were some <laughs> like horny people in there, and like the steams were coming up. I don't know what was going on in that chat. Well, it is after dark. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking around that we were uh, a Cinemax podcast. Remember those? I do. Or silk stockings? Oh, oh God, I do remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I never saw one, but I remembered the advertisements for it. Um, I don't remember anything about silk stockings, but mm-hmm. I remember my young 15, 16 self, who I think was starting to figure out that they were a hoe to the mo. And uh, the lead actor on that was very handsome. I should look it up. I'm going to do that on the break. Okay. I'm going to find out that actor's name, look him up, see if I still find him very handsome. But I think he was. All right. <laughs> All right, Thomas, are you ready to jump into this episode? I am ready to jump into this episode. What were your first reactions? Because I find this interesting. First reaction to what part? No, just the whole what you walked away with. Well, uh, gosh, let's see. I guess I remember going back to last week's episode. I was expecting them all to fly away together, one big happy family. Mm -hmm. And I was expecting all the key people from the season to come back and i did not get that i did get a resolve because i knew that they would get him away from moth gideon Mm -hmm. that we all knew but i didn't get the exact resolve that i was uh so you were anticipating yeah you weren't as pumped for this episode as you had been it's not that i wasn't pumped but you know i wasn't as you know i always can tell when we are going to watch it a second time before the broadcast sorry we gave away the secret yeah but i like to obviously brush up on it yeah and uh can you imagine that, people? <laughs> that, this is my Tom's, version of brushing up. Tom's anyway. knowledge goes off of two or three viewings when he's like, I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't no. know. I guess maybe I'd have to see it ten times. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, it, was it a good episode? Sure. Was it as great as some of the other ones that were super exciting? No. But I mean, it was a very good episode. It just wasn't in the scheme of the other seven, mm-hmm. you know. Do you have there. a favorite episode this season? I'm afraid to say it out loud, but it was the one with uh, Ahsoka. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Was. Someone's becoming a little Filoni stan over there, and I'm here for this. Love it. That was the one written and directed by mm-hmm. Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's get on to chapter 16. Okay, let's and do it. And then maybe we can go back to that later. I don't oh, know. Maybe okay. not. Okay. We can save that for another podcast. Let's do it. And I'm looking forward to Rebel Recaps. Which I can't take that. I think someone has Rebel Recaps. I think there's a podcast or YouTube channel with Rebel Recaps. So <clears throat> Yeah, but if we're recapping Rebels, why couldn't we do this? call it Rebel Recaps? I don't know. Give us a name, someone. Give us a name. Riot us or tweet us or do something and give us a Rebels name. Because we'll probably be putting those in the top of our shows that we do together. So, okay. This, this episode, Chapter 16, The Rescue. Please tell me it's called The Rescue. I, I hope so. You've said it twice. I sure do. <laughs> So I had to hit pause just to double check. But yes, it is the rescue. How embarrassing would that have been? <laughs> From a certain point of view. We take our podcasting very seriously here at Pink Milk. <laughs> we have a fact, okay. fact-checking desk. Mm-hmm. So we open with a Lambda-class Imperial shuttle. One of my favorite Star Wars spaceships ever. It was awesome, and it's being attacked by the Slave One. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Then we get in, and we see some some Imperial pilots, and they have an accent. I missed my accents on Imperials. Uh, and they've got Dr. Pershing with them. 
who I quite like Dr. Pershing. And one of the first lines is one of the pilots is like, you know, Pershing says something. They're like, hey, this isn't the lab. So is Pershing a good guy or a bad guy? Pershing's the dude with the glasses. I mean, we, he hasn't treated uh, little Grogu very well, but... Well, I feel like he's... Either way, I don't think he's good or bad. I think he's just been forced into the scenario he's in. Mm-hmm. Because I, I find him kind of likable. I wonder where he is. I wonder where he is. So I don't dislike him. Yeah. Yeah. So then we... Uh, we... The... The slave one... Sorry, sorry, everyone. Like, uh, freezes them up. We get that cool shot of Boba Fett, like, looking at them in the window. It was pretty intimidating, actually. And then they're boarded. And uh, one Imperial pilot is like, it's pirates. Let's just give in. The other one's like, no, I don't have a death wish. And then we find out that it's it's our heroes, right? And one pilot's like, hey, I'm going to help you out. I'll tell you where everything is. And the then we have a loyalist. Ride or die, Imperial, shoots him in the back. And then holds old Pershing, again, to Pershing's head. Mm-hmm. And we get a really great scene. And I'm, we said we mentioned this on After Dark. It was hard that it goes to her. But the pilot's like, I see your tear. I was there when Alderaan was destroyed. Hmm. And it was a heartbreaking scene, actually. Uh, and he's like, you know, he's like, basically, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching all of your people die. That's what the gist was. That was the emotion. And it was just really heavy. And, you know... I just here it is forty years later in that moment, you know, they're really starting to 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 go in on that a lot. There's a lot of stuff in Bloodline and stuff that the sequel trilogy has really kind of helped reinforce some of those parts of the original trilogy. That's been it's been really, really great. I love I love that this show is doing that. It's moving forward, but it really has has lots of little moments that helps build to the original trilogy. And the, and the prequels, actually. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a line that goes back to the prequels here a little later. So, anyways, Cara Dune ain't having that. She shoots that dude in the face. And now we've got we've got uh, Dr. Pershing. Yeah, whatever happened to him anyway? I don't know. We don't they know. literally didn't address it. Nope. <laughs> I mean, literally. That's, just, probably, yeah, that's, that's the a... thing with Dr. Pershing. It has happened every, every episode he's ever been in. He's there, and uh-huh. then he's not there, but nobody ever explains where he actually goes. Yeah. Is that bad writing, or is it now becoming part of his character? I don't know. But yeah, like he's he's one hundred percent. Poof, he's gone. We don't know where he is, but there he is again. Yep. Um, so we land on a planet. I don't know the, the name of the planet, but I was here for uh, Bo Katan's ship, and it's got a name. I don't remember what it is, but I don't know if you saw it. It's got like these two. The wings go point upwards. Uh huh. It's very cool. That's Bo Katan's ship, and all of a sudden, everyone knows where they were. So Boba Fett must be like the super tracker man because he knew where they were. And now we have Bo-Katan and Cusco Reeves sitting in a bar. And I really liked this scene a lot. This was so Mandalorian. So we walk in and here's Bo-Katan straight away. Like Din, Din wants their help to get Moffin Top, right? Mm-hmm. And this is such, Bo, such a Bo-Katan line. Not all Mandalorians are bounty hunters. Some of us have a higher purpose. She is I she is just so condescending and arrogant. And she's not that nice. Bo Katan is not really that nice. And I like that this is brought that back. She was softer during Rebels, I think, for a while, which you'll you'll mm-hmm. see her in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um But this is more Bo Katan from 
the Clone Wars, like when we first meet her. This is more Death Watch Bo-Katan, and I'm here for it. So we get this line to the prequels, because Bo-Katan is like, she looks at Boba Fett, she's like, you're a disgrace to that armor. And he's like, this armor was my father's. And then there's a fight between Koska and Boba, and that's what Mandalorians he do. he was calling her uh, a, a clone. Well, that, yeah. So or that, she was like, calling yeah. him a clone. So my father, and she's like, you mean your donor? Mm, then it. we get this fight, and that's how Mandalorians solve problems, which was why Satine was such a great character because she was a pacifist and she very much went against the Mandalorian way. And that's when, and like Bo Katan was getting there, and now she's not there again. And it's just like it's really interesting. This is the second time last season. I think it was chapter three. Remember when that one uh, Mandalorian like held the knife to Din's throat and they're fighting, and this is the way. And you know that's, that's just how they solve problems. And then we get Bo-Katan. I have heard your voice a thousand times. You're a clone, which I love because there's an aspect of Boba Fett that has been untapped. The fact that he is a clone. Mm-hmm. And um, they're starting to put in that work, which is really, really awesome. So uh, well, she's What like, do you mean? Well, why did she say that I've heard your voice a thousand times? She knew a bunch of clones. She fought alongside clones for a very, very long time. And okay. so to her... And clones, they were all... Boba Fett's. Yeah, because Boba Fett is a clone of Jango Fett. Fett. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Boba Fett was not given the growth hormone that all the other ones were. And Jango really did raise him like his son. He didn't raise him like a clone of himself. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was just a dig against clones and clones not being full human, basically, is what – that's the implication that I got from Bo saying that. Hmm. So she's like, hey, you're never going to find Gideon. And then Din's like, no, I know where he is. I just, you know, we just got it. And so she's like, I will help you if I get to take a ship to try to, you know, hunt down the rest of the Imperials. And I want the Darksaber. So like, hey, okay. And now we're, now Dr. Pershing's there and we're building a plan to how to break in to this Imperial ship. So uh, Gideon's going to be on, on the, on the bridge and baby Grogu is in the cell blocks we're going to split up so boom we got that we and boba fett's going to make it look like they're being attacked so now we cut to the scene where they are in front of gideon's ship right and mm-hmm. the slave well they hop out of out of hyperspace and the slave one is shooting at them to make it look like they're being attacked and uh bo katan is on the on the comm saying we're being under attack we're under attack we need an emergency landing which my first thing was like it was two male pilots piloting the ship they don't have a log of who's actually <laughs> piloting the ship there wasn't katie katie o'brien comms officer shouldn't that have been a red flyer a red flag <laughs> ah katie <laughs> <laughs> come on come on comms officer anyways so we get this great thing they spit out some tie fighters which was awesome i love seeing them like the little pinball machines like in the ball coming it was really cool you liked that too mm-hmm. uh and we get a great crash and she crash lands the ship into the other ship. And we come pouring out, shooting everybody up. It's kind of funny. I mean, here it is. The enemies are in that ship. Mm-hmm. Really? They're just going to let anybody fly in? I mean, did that make any sense? Not just once, <laughs> but twice on this episode. God. <laughs> but this action scene with all those ladies was really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, it was great. So they just shoot everybody out, and here comes Din. Now Din comes out with his little spear, and he's ready to go get his kid back. So um, 
Nice of him. Let the girls do it. Oh, that was a pretty badass moment. That was oh, awesome. Yeah, it, it was, was very awesome. Gen- Gentleman like. Um. <laughs> I was wondering why he got to hang off to the end. I was like, he's usually like the tough guy. Actually, yeah, you know, but he's not here for that. He's yeah, honestly, yeah. What do you what do you get from that? Because that's interesting. He usually I, you is. Know, I didn't even throws think about himself it. in. I didn't really even think about it. I thought it was strange that the Mandalorian just came off the last. Uh, or off last. Mm-hmm. I thought it was strange, but I didn't really put more thought into it until you mentioned, that's right, it was the the ladies yep. going out first. Hmm. And Dr. Pershing's in there somewhere doing something. Hmm. Maybe he's still in there. I don't know. So, all right, so we get the ladies, and that, honestly, it was awesome. It was awesome. They're just shooting everybody up. Uh, Fennec Shan gets some high kicks and trips and all that. There was one... I love her. Yeah, there was one scene where she was, like, crawling around the... Uh, the, I guess it's cargo, whatever's in those boxes. And she's like, peekaboo through that little hole mm-hmm. <laughs> and shoots the stormtrooper. That was great. It was super great. Um, okay. Now Din makes the haul. Oh, so in the plans, I forgot to mention this while they're formulating their plan, how they're going to break in. We learned that the dark troopers are on rechargeable batteries and they can't always be powered up because it takes too much energy from the ship. So it takes two minutes. They've got a two minute window. To get the to lock down the dark troopers. Well, they don't make their two minutes, and they wake up, and those were awesome. You even mentioned today how cool, like that They're music was awesome. awesome. Yeah, um, and it was pretty intimidating. You hear them stomp because they're metal and they stomp against the uh, the metal floor. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was great. So Din's like, oh no, oh, no, and tries to shut it down, but you get one who opens up the doors, right? And now it's Attack King Den. And it's pretty intense. The thing looks really tough. Especially when he was taking his head and slamming it in the uh, in the wall there. Was that not cool? That like, the helmet sees no damage because mm-hmm. it's Beskar, but you just see the wall, like, forming around the helmet. That was, mm-hmm. it was great. And then there was some great acting going on with the moans and the groans of old uh, uh, Pedro Pascal. That was great. Sounded like, I mean, honestly, it was great. Sounded like it really, really hurt. So... We light up, light him on fire. We can't do anything, doing all the stuff. Finally, he gets a spear out and stabs it in the head, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty intense. And we run to the door, and alien reference. Yet again, there's been so many alien references this season, but blows him out the airlock like it's a xenomorph. And they all go flying into space for the time being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and basically after that we see our it's funny because yeah. when that opened and they all went off i thought to myself that was smart but we all know they can fly <laughs> mm-hmm. and dr pershing earlier in this episode made it a point to say they're droids they're not people mm-hmm. so they don't need air mm-hmm. um i have to say i like how they moved a lot like i don't know if you remember the battle droids very well from the prequels but they moved very much like the battle droids, but were way more intimidating. It was pretty cool. And then it's like, I'm curious how this is going to go because last season, you know, Din, we've kind of, or at least me, have forgotten the trauma that Din has with droids. He's kind of worked through a lot of that, but now he's got this droid about to kill him. That's got to like harken back some sort of trauma, right? Hmm. It was interesting. So, anyways, we we attack. The Dark Troopers, 
and blast them off. And now the ladies end up basically at the bridge, right? Mm-hmm. Take everybody out again. And now there's no Gideon. And no Katie. And no Katie. Hopefully she's not on the floor. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, Katie. Sorry, Katie. So no Gideon. Bo's like, where the heck is where the heck is Gideon? Now we see Din arrives to the cell where a little baby Grogu is, takes out a couple stormtroopers. That one choked scene was very I'm like, oh good. You're right. This show's actually really violent for Star Wars. Right. It really is. Like right down to the cracking of the neck. I didn't notice that yet, like the first time I watched it, but I noticed it when we were watching this with the kids. I was like, oh, this is weird. And so we're in the cell, and there's little Grogu with his little handcuffs. It's heartbreaking. And there's Gideon with the Darksaber over his head. And um, he's, you know, we have some really, really great conversation. I mean, how was that? Did you feel anything? I was a little surprised, you know, because normally you don't see violence threatened against a minor a child in any kind of show so i was a little surprised but the way the whole scene turned it almost made you like moff gideon for a brief second you're like oh well it put some poise in my head oh maybe he's really not that bad when he said hey i have what i wanted from the the child i got his blood and you know he put his dark saber down he said i have no beef with you or whatever he said yeah okay yeah he's like i got what i needed yeah i got what i needed you know it sounded like uh you will leave this ship and take okay take the child so for a brief moment i thought okay you know he we're moving on from all this so you fell for it too like i did they did a good job so i do like i did like that line a lot Mm -hmm. this is something i think we said before Mandalorian even started. Mm-hmm. This show is going to start building the bridge between the original original trilogy to the sequel trilogy. And there is a line of, I got what I needed. I wanted to study his blood. This child is, is gifted. Mm-hmm. And he has the capability of bring, returning order. Or bring to bring order back to the galaxy. And there's our little Michael. Gets it. The first order? That was the first word out of his mouth this morning mm-hmm. when we were watching it again. And we saw... I know there's arguments whether those were old clone, dark troopers in those jars from like two episodes ago or if they were Snoke. I still stand by it. I think they were Snoke. And I think Baby Grogu and his blood is being used to help create Snoke and ultimately bring back the Emperor. I think Snoke is probably early versions of trying to figure out how to take... The Emperor's Force Spirit, whatever it was that's out there floating around on Exegol to get him into a body that looked like Palpatine. Hmm. That's my guess. Okay. So I think we'll start to get into that stuff, and I'm here for it. That's going to be amazing. But I really did, like, I to bring order back to the galaxy. So that was the First Order, the Final Order. Uh, Palpatine talks about it in the prequels of returning peace and order back to the galaxy. And the only way he saw to do it was to have an empire. So it was, it was really cool. I have to say. So yeah, we get, you know, he says, fine, go on your way. And Dan believes him, goes to pick up the kid. And here he is. He strikes with that dark saber. That dark saber looks so rad. Mm-hmm. It just looks, it looks so rad. And we get a really great to me, very classic star Wars lightsaber fight. The lighting was really cool. Uh, 
you had mentioned earlier, while we were watching it this morning with the kids, he uses that Darksaber like Darth Vader does. I mean, just like it. The same grip. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then Michael, again, yeah, because he's trying to beat Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Which that's Michael's impression of Gideon. I love it. He's like, he he wears a cape and he's got the light up buttons, Michael told me on this thing. He's trying to be like, like Darth Vader. It was really, it's interesting. It's cool. What mm-hmm. if he was trying to put the force in himself and really be like Darth Vader? I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. So, uh, Din and Gideon fight. Gideon loses. We cut to the bridge and here is Din Djarin with dark saber in hand. Gideon in cuffs. And Bo-Katan looks pissed. I thought she looked surprised. I don't know if she looked pissed, but she looked surprised. Pissed. You think she (laughs) she was pissed? So, uh, oh, we had gotten a little, we had gotten a minute of explanation of the Darksaber while Gideon and Mando and Din were talking. He's like, whoever holds holds the Darksaber can make a claim to the throne of Mandalore. Din has no interest in that. He just wants his kid back. But earlier in this episode, too, Boba Fett has referred, once or twice, referred to Bo-Katan as a princess. Mm-hmm. I think they're setting something up here. So I think Bo-Katan looks pissed when we get on the bridge. And uh, the first thing out of Gideon's mouth, I can take him out now? Like implying you have, are you ready to kill him? He's got what you want. Are you ready to kill him? And he's sitting there like eating it up, right? Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of question of how the the last time we saw the Darksaber came from was, – it was in Bo-Katan's possession. You can listen to Pink Milk After Dark. We went into this for like 10, 15 minutes about the brief history of how the Darksaber got there. So go listen to that, to episode 59 if you want that. But it was given to her before. I think Gideon forcefully took it from Bo-Katan. Like I don't think it was lost. I don't. I think she lost to him somehow, some way. We'll find that story out, I'm sure. And but Bo-Katan's Din's friend. I mean, just the last time they met her, met each other, she wanted him to join them, mm-hmm. and he said no, right? And now he's the enemy. That is. Do you remember we watched those Clone Wars episodes together? Remember Pre Visla, who when Bo-Katan was originally part of Death Watch and. Previsla channel like Darth Maul had made a claim to try to rule Mandalore, and he's like, "No, you can't do that. You have to hold this." And they challenged each other to a fight. Remember? Mm-hmm. And he beheaded her old master right in front of him. Do you remember oh, that in yeah. Clone Wars? I do. And mm-hmm. she was like, "No one but a true Mandalorian will ever rule Mandalore." And she flew out the window. That's the Bo-Katan we have back. To me, so I think, I think this is setting up. I am curious what you think about this. Do you think season three of The Mandalorian, Bo-Katan, could become the enemy? Hmm. So that would imply that Moth is gone. Well, he's going to be imprisoned somewhere. Okay. So I think Bo-Katan could be one of the enemies of season three to try to get that Darksaber back. Because she's stuck now. But like he, she's stuck. Din doesn't want it. He wants to give it to her. Uh-huh. But she won't take it. Well, maybe he'll just leave it on the counter. <laughs> or is he give it back okay. to Moth Gideon? If he's give it back to him, then and so, then those two can do well, it I'm, out. Okay. And he now can't take it back either, right? No. Well, he's not a Mandalorian that we know of. Maybe okay. he is. I'll give know. it back to him. 
Well, I'm curious. That okay. should be very interesting. Do we open up next season still in that room? Because there's yep. a lot of unresolved right there. Yep. Just based on the questions you're asking yep. me, I can now okay. I see quite a few. So let's put a pin in it. Bring this back. We're gonna bring. We're gonna pick up after the break, right where we're talking right now. But so all of a sudden we get readings that there's their their shields have been broken, right, or something. The dark troopers are coming back, and that was pretty rad with getting these. Like we all know, you're all gonna be dead. Everyone but me and the baby are going to be dead. Which I found real interesting because I thought he was done with the baby, with the with Grogu. Mm-hmm. So why? He was lying. Ah, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. He was lying. He was trying to manipulate everybody. Okay. So they throw him back down on the ground. He stumbles around a gun. He's like, oop, I'm just going to put my cape over this gun real quick. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like freaking out now because now there's an entire gaggle of dark troopers heading right their way. And they all mm-hmm. know they're going to die. Mm-hmm. We saw how hard it was for Din to take out one. And then this came the moment. I was not prepared. I don't think anyone was prepared. But there's Red 5 flying in. So did you know it was Red 5? I had a real good feeling. There was, I mean, we could have counted the stripes on the wings. I obviously don't. I'm not that Star Wars fan that does mm-hmm. that stuff. But I was like, oh, my God, it's Luke Skywalker. So how many years... Is Mandalorian then again after Return of the Jedi? Yes, like five years. Five years. Okay, and how many years is The Force Awakens? From is like thirty years from Return of the Jedi. 30. So this is twenty five years before The Force Awakens. Got it. So okay. Ray because he was Solo. a crotchety old man in that show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so he's got twenty five years to go. Well, we're starting it right now. Okay. So he lands. I have a very hot. I don't know. I'm having... It's hard for me. So we're going to... I'll talk... That's going to be the second half of this episode, because I want your input. Okay. Actually, I'm very curious. So, um, an X-Wing lands, and a hooded figure comes out. We see a lightsaber, right? This is all on the screen. We can't see what color the lightsaber is. And it was so much fun this morning listening to this with the kids. Mm -hmm. When we saw it the first time, I was a puddle. I was audibly ugly, crying. I was just so happy. He was. I didn't I didn't <laughs> expect seeing Luke Skywalker to come back to hit me the way it did. And um so he's out and he's taking out all the death troopers or, or dark so troopers. So how come the lightsaber could cut through the all the uh the droids? Because lightsabers are super powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, hmm. they can cut through a lot. We saw okay. in, in the first time we really saw how powerful the dark saber or a lightsaber was was uh in episode one, The Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. and Qui-Gon uses it, uses his lightsaber to burn down a blast door. It was pretty cool. Okay. Took a minute, but he like cut through this blast door. So that was pretty rad. Um, so Luke Skywalker just, this is, there was a very loud cry from a lot of people during The Last Jedi that did not like Cranky Luke. At all. It really broke fandom for a while. I'm not sure if we're totally recovered. Mm. He is our hero. Like, Luke Skywalker is my childhood hero. He's your childhood hero. Mm -hmm. And seeing him like that was very tough. It was hard. Mm -hmm. And now we see Return of the Jedi Luke in full glory. He's just taken them out. It was very action-packed. It was awesome. He takes out all the ones downstairs, right? Hops into an elevator pops out and it reminded me i don't know if you remember the hallway scene in rogue one 
from when Darth Vader starts slicing down all of these people to try to get the plans. It was violent and brutal. It was against human beings, mm-hmm. but Luke Skywalker was violent and brutal. Especially that last one. He freezes them and then just like uses the force to crunch them up. Mm-hmm. It was violent. And so much of it, like when he first reveals the lightsaber, it's just the same shot that revealed Darth Vader's lightsaber in this thing in Rogue One. It was shot just like this hallway scene, like father, like son. So we get, then we get up there and Grogu senses Luke Skywalker, right? Right when he saw it, he just sensed mm-hmm. him. The force is strong. There's a connection there. But then we get this framing of Luke Skywalker framed just like a very brutal and graphic Darth Vader. And I was starting to get really heartbroken. I recognized those shots right away. I'm sure you didn't. I'm sure a lot of people didn't. I'm sure people like me did. And I haven't been on Twitter a ton. There's a lot of people who are upset that Luke was here because they feel like it was fan service and that they can't come up with anything new and exciting. And they always have to have everything go back to Luke Skywalker. I can understand. I th- I can see that. I 100%. 100%. I think it was super clever. It really makes sense. It's really the only person that it could have been. But for the average fan, yeah. I mean, my mind didn't go there. Yep. It was Ahsoka. I was... He well, looked just like Ahsoka, only, sh- you know, that's obviously, what, I was think a that man was, after that was a while. The trick. That's sure, why it was clear. Yep, that's why he was hooded. I mean, Michael she, thought it was Ahsoka. He was a, she was even driving, driving, flying an X-Wing. We haven't seen what she flies. I, I think she, I, I don't even know. did. She, I don't think, no. Okay. I'm trying to think she's ever been in an X-Wing. I don't think we've ever seen her in an X-Wing. Huh. Um, but anyways, it was around this time when he got back upstairs and the doors open. Din's like, open the doors, open the doors. He opens them, and there he is in the fog with his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And my joy, my joy, and my ugly crying of pure happiness of seeing Luke Skywalker came, and I, I personally shifted, and I was heartbroken because I think they are painting Luke Skywalker to be the villain. And it's really hard. I think it's a brave, bold story choice. And I think it makes total sense. We just met a last Jedi who said, let him decide what to do. And we just got our son back. We just got our father and our son back. And here's someone to take them away. And I'm really mad at Luke. I am mad at him. What did you think would happen when... They brought him to the altar, um, when Din brought him to the altar. We, well, what did we call it? What was the name of that? Yeah, the Seeing Stone. Yeah, the Seeing Stone. Yeah, what did you think? Who did I you thought, think was I thought Ezra was coming back, personally. Okay, you did. Mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. I'm fine that he didn't come. I think Luke is probably the most logical. Right. But I think what I'm upset about is Luke should know better. Luke was a foster child who ended up being raised by Uncle Ben and Aunt Beru, and Uncle Ben never wanted him. Mm-hmm. And Luke is about to take away a child from his father. And I just, it doesn't sit well with me at all. And I'm disappointed that Luke is putting the idea of the Jedi in front of people 
and he's starting to make the exact same mistakes that the Jedi did. Well, then ultimately, isn't this Ahsoka's fault? She's the one who told them to do it. Possibly. I mean, I don't know where this is going to go next, but I sure do think that Luke needs to meet Ahsoka to understand, like, you have to put people first. So, um, And Ahsoka would be years older than Luke. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. probably 15, 20 years older than Luke, somewhere, somewhere right in that ballpark. Okay. I know people will be out there with the exact date, but I, <laughs> she's 15, 20 years older than Luke. Um, but it's interesting. So I want to take a quick break because I want to play you that clip from Rogue One. Okay. It's on YouTube. It's great anyways. And I want your take on Luke before I go back into mine again. Okay. Uh, and then I want to read this quote. Remind me to read this quote from Michael Arndt from... 2012 when he was writing The Force Awakens originally. So we will be right back. Welcome back. Thank you. You're welcome. So we just finished watching the Rogue One hallway scene with Darth Vader, and we just rewatched Luke's entrance. What do you think, Thomas? Well, I can definitely see how they both mirror one another, father like son in a mm-hmm. way. I mean, it was definitely uh, shot very similarly. <laughs> a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of same. So... I feel, remember there's a line in Return of the Jedi, I will become a Jedi like my father before me. Well, what happened to his dad? Darth Vader. Mm Mm-hmm. I think there's like father, like son going on a lot here, especially, this is a hot take. I'm sure it's going to make a lot of people upset how I feel. So I actually Mm -hmm. want, I want you to tell me how you feel. So real quick, here's the episode, walks in, takes baby Yoda away. To train him as a Jedi. Jedi. He's like, Mm -hmm. he's really strong, but without training, you're nothing. Pretty much. And boom, we're off. We're over. That's that's basically the gist after what happens with Luke. He has come in to take Grogu away to train him as as a Jedi. Touching moment between Yoda and... Or Grogu and R2, who may have known each other from Jedi Temple days. I don't know. Also, children love R2-D2, so it's just kind of cute. Mm -hmm. But... I mean, it was heartbreaking. I don't want to talk about the time of them saying goodbye anymore because I lost it on Friday and I don't really want to talk about it again. So uh, it was very hard for me to watch. This was the goal, though. This is why they went to the yeah. Seeing Stone. I mean, that's what I was saying before. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was the goal. So what exactly did everybody think was going to happen? I mean, he was going to go off to boarding school oh. and Den would go with him? Why not? <laughs> you know. I mean, this is, I I guess we didn't really think it through, requesting a Jedi. It makes me wonder why Ahsoka, you know. So you're putting some of this on Ahsoka, huh? You know, I guess maybe a little bit. I mean, you know, why would we have called the Jedi? He was going to train him. What 
did you think he was just going to train him like Yoda trained him in the backyard? I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm because you're bringing it back to the whole school where it was the Jedi Temple and all the kids in the school where and I know where you go and where Anakin, you know, at that time killed them all. Yeah. So and then you also brought up the whole well they can't have attachments and relationships. I mean, is he really is Grogu? I thought he was just going to be trained. He doesn't have to be a Jedi, but he, could, he was going to be trained to use. But he's his... going to be trained as a Jedi, and they start but telling there are children. No Jedi. From, but they tell children. Well, he so so there Luke is Scott, no school. So Luke Skywalker's trying to build a school, though. So we know. Going, How do we know that? Because we know from the sequel trilogy okay. going forward that Kylo Kylo Ren Ben Solo gets blamed for dur- burning down the Jedi school. Oh, Luke okay. built. Mm-hmm. We found out. We find out later, and I think it's comics that I think mm-hmm. it's the Knights of Ren that actually destroyed everyone. Okay, but most of the students are burned and killed in the Jedi school in the Force Awakens, which is why Luke shuts down. That's what we thought. Okay. I, however, think this mofo is already shut down. In this, I think he's already lost his path. I think he's already lost. I think so. But before I go, because I have a hot take that I'm sure will make a lot of people mad. Like, mm-hmm. I think they're from what I can tell from Twitter. Most of what I'm saying are either people mad that it's Luke Skywalker at all because they want to get away from the Skywalkers. I kind of side with those people, which I can I can understand. Yeah, I I, I can. I don't know. I'm here Maybe for, for a whole different reason. I'm here for it. I mean, I'm telling you, I was really really emotional just seeing luke skywalker again which i was gonna bring up this tweet this this michael arndt was first writing the force awakens before it was the force mm-hmm. awakens and he had said that the reason luke wasn't in the force awakens much was because every time luke came to screen he took over took it all over and we, you stopped caring about ray i don't i don't even think she was called Ray yet at that point but I didn't like. I didn't feel that from this. I still felt it was very much about Grogu and Din. Luke was there mm-hmm. to serve them. I yes, I was a very I was emotional when Luke showed up. Mm-hmm. So he takes a bunch of the dark troopers and then heads up the elevator. And I feel the music is there, and something that I haven't seen discussed yet. We've talked about a lot on the roundtables. You and I have had these conversations. Twitter's had these conversations. Podcasts have had this conversation about Grogu being attracted to violence. Right? People are worried about him going down a dark path. And all Grogu walks up and touches the screen when? When um when the X Wing arrives in the building. When he's right? chopping all the things down very violently. Oh. Okay. And Grogu starts caressing the screen. Grogu has been brought and it, he is drawn to the dark side a lot all through season one. He is drawn to violence. He seems to be the most happy when he sees violent things. Then who do we see? Being really violent? Our hero. And it's really challenging because I think he's the villain in this. I think he's a villain. Grogu. No, Luke. Luke, okay. I mean, I don't think he's actively a villain, but he, I'm, I'm having a real, I'm not going to lie. I'm having a hard time. Like I, I love the boldness of the story. I love that we're going there. I think it's risky. I'm here for, I think it makes sense. I think Luke has lost his way. I think Luke started down a dark path and is, 
Yoda tells him in The Empire Strikes Back, once you start down the dark path, forever will dominate your destiny. And he went to the dark side trying to take down his father, and now he really is becoming a Jedi like his father before him, destroying children's lives. But we know that he... Okay, we That's saw the, the three the three movies at the end. He mm-hmm. he doesn't. He's not a bad person. He's still a good person. He's a cranky guy, and yep. he hid himself from the world, but he's not a bad person. I think because person. of these decisions... I think he. I think he's you making know, the wrong. From choices. my point of view, I wish they had not brought him in. Okay. You know, as the average, you know, uh, what what am I? A casual fan at best. At best, thank you, Laura. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, as that casual fan at best, I mean, it's like, why did you bring in the old guy? You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was a perfect opportunity to bring in somebody from more current things. So, like Ezra or something like that, you would have been. Yeah, here that would have been cool because yeah, but. I was hoping it was ah- Ahsoka. I did not even put it together. I just thought, okay, here it is. Ahsoka's coming in to join everybody else and help them out of this. Remember what I said last week? Yep. I thought we were going to resolve it and wrap the bow and move on, yep. and then and next year, a new story. It's we pretty, definitely did not. It's a you sad know, ending. Yeah, it's a sad ending. Well, now that I think about it, but uh, I mean, I'm wondering, what's going to happen in that room? We have a, a lot of unanswered questions in that very, very mm-hmm. room, so how does it all go down with the... The Death Sword, what's it again? The Darksaber. Darksaber. <laughs> yeah. So, so you I know. mean, so we got in, in I mean, that. how are we going to split the show next year? I mean, is, I are, are we done with Grogu for a while? I mean, we're certainly not. I think we're foolish to think we're going to keep seeing, Dar- uh, excuse me, uh, Luke Skywalker over and over again. Oh. I don't want to see him. I want to no. move on. No. And I don't think they can. Look, I guess. I when I when you have Star Wars conversations, there's, there's always lots of conversation about special effects. I'm mm-hmm. just I don't generally that for me is like years later. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I, I don't pay attention to that stuff. I try to pay attention to the story and then how it's built later. That's fine, but like right now, I can't even talk about the practicality of having mm-hmm. Luke in it mm-hmm. and the budget and how to de-age someone. That I can't because ha- I'm still stuck in the story and like mm-hmm. why is Luke there? I'm like. I'm not gonna lie, I'm like emotionally a little bruised at this moment because it's it was it was really hard for me to see Luke as as a villain. And no, I'm not saying he's outwardly a villain, mm-hmm. but I think he's making really horrible choices, and he has already detached himself from everything else for the purpose of rebuilding a Jedi school. And maybe this is because I'm school of Ahsoka Tano who mm-hmm. d- believes in attachment. Like, how does? But see, we wouldn't have known that yet. You're you're applying all the later no, movies. No, I'm applying only right now. Only right now. I'm not applying later movies. Luke, right now, is taking away a child from his father. And I'm really upset. He didn't give him a hug. He didn't give him a smile. He just took him and was like, boom. Well, what about the fact that he just saved all these people? He came in and saved them Because he didn't the save droids. them. He, went to ca- he came to take Grogu. I know, not that to they save had them. called him for they didn't call him specifically, but they went to the Seeing Stone. Okay. So I mean, they called him. So I, I don't. I'm not. So that's quite who. Following. I mean, that's clearly I mean, to who. To me, he came in. He saw. You know, I didn't see any gratitude on any of these people's faces. They just got saved. Yeah. Because they were. We did see how the. Well, the also remember, droids, you know, attacked Din, so they were going to attract. But the rest also of them remember, like these people might not even know the Jedi are real. It's Bo-Katan who says a Jedi because she has interaction with Jedi. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people may have – Din Djarin doesn't know what a Jedi is. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka Tano is the first lightsaber he's probably ever seen. So there is this 
idea. And all these people have been told for the last five years or long. Well, yeah, they've been told for the last decade mm-hmm. the Jedi were evil and wrong. And then the Empire tried to wipe out the idea of the Jedi all to begin with to try to stop having hope. Right. So they, I think they're just in shock and in shock and awe. Sorry. Um, they just saw Jesus in, in some ways. They just saw Jesus. Hmm. I mean, you're just, if you, if Jesus came down, you would, I would imagine just be shocked and awed mm-hmm. and it wouldn't probably know. What and to in do. this case, Jesus just saved them all because those droids were coming in. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it was altruistic intentions. I think he saved them all to take possibly <laughs> out Grogu. He had. He didn't say anything to them. That he they did, asked him. He to didn't. Come a, for. Well, he didn't ask anyone on that bridge either if they were okay. He didn't offer any help if anybody was injured. He just came in, take the kid, and bounce. Mm-hmm. He didn't ask if any of them have a way home. <laughs> there was nothing. I got room for one more on my X-wing, and this is what I'm. Not, I don't really care about the rest of you. Mm-hmm. He didn't give Din Djarin any sort of. But they Solace. called him. They called him for this. That's the my my rub with what you're saying. I guess I'm just like, look. Even as parents, as adoptive parents, you and I have never we have emotion for their bio parents that mm-hmm. lost their children. Absolutely, it does not matter. All the horrible mistakes. Our children should not be with their biological parents anymore. I mean, some of them might be dead. Like they shouldn't be with their parents. I don't make any excuses for the parents. I have, I don't, I personally don't have, it's not a lack of sympathy. It's not that for their parents. I have sympathy for their parents because they lost their children. I get it. But Mm -hmm. Luke didn't, isn't even showing Din the same compassion that you and I can give to our children's bio parents. There's nothing there. Well, I agree with you. He's not the same. His behavior was not the same as the Luke Skywalker I saw Mm -hmm. last in Return yep. of the Jedi, it was more mirroring. But see, I, I think the Luke we the, see... You know, the, the later episodes. The Luke we see in Return of the Jedi, this is where people who were so upset with Luke in The Last Jedi, I don't understand. I thought the Luke in this was very reminiscent of the Luke that we got in Return of the Jedi. Luke in Return of the Jedi is not Luke from A New Hope. He is colder. He is darker. He is less attached. He's on a mission. It's almost like... I feel like... Other than Ahsoka, maybe Kanan Jarrus, they tap into this power, right? The Force. And that idea of being... They are so close to ultimate power that they no longer even know what it's like to feel to be human. It's an interesting, like, Ahsoka gets it. Ahsoka really got it when she walked away. And then she met the Martez sisters. And she really found her touch, her touchstone to humanity. Jedi are so powerful that they've lost, like, they're not attached anymore. Luke, Yoda lost everything. I mean, he lost the battle with Palpatine. And that, his loss in that fight took the entire galaxy down. Yoda's obviously feels very guilty. He goes into exile and he has to hide because he failed. And while he was sitting there on Dagobah, he came to terms with, I think I'm imagining he sat there and thought about all the things he did wrong and tells Luke, never your mind on where you are, or what you're doing. Still, 
Luke doesn't know what he's doing. He's taking this child away from his father again because he's looking to the future. He hasn't learned a single lesson to the future. I have to rebuild the Jedi Temple. I have to rebuild this. I have to become, I have to fix all these problems. His hubris has gotten to him. He's gotten so big. He's gotten too big for his britches. Luke, Luke Skywalker says it in The Last Jedi. The Jedi, they were pompous. They're arrogant. They lost to their own hubris. He's talking to himself, too. He's, doesn't, he's not thinking about what he's doing in that moment to this poor child. Grogu finally, honestly, he finally found some place to be. If he needs to be trained, why didn't he offer to take Din with him? Why can't you train your child to be a Jedi and have their parents still in the picture? Why do you have to take them away? I don't get it. Like, that's, that's where I'm sitting. I'm so upset with that. Like, Luke hasn't learned anything. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not focusing on where I know the sequel trilogies go. Because that's not, I'm not, I, were, I try not to do that. This is where we're at in the story. What is Luke doing right now? And it's wrong. It's just wrong. And I don't know. So I'm curious. I agree with you. I don't think the show can go on without Grogu and Din. That's the heart of the show. The show is about a father and a son. Right. So Grogu's going to have to come back. So I want to put this out there because this is kind of where we left off. You're like, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of unresolved things. Mm-hmm. We have Gideon there, who's an enemy, who is willing to just kill himself. And that we... He looked terrified when when Luke was showing up. He looked like legit terrified. So I he knows about the Jedi in a way that others might not. I wonder if mm-hmm. he knows Luke Skywalker. I don't even know, think he saw the thing, but he's just afraid of the Jedi, mm-hmm. right? So you have him. We have Bo-Katan, and now there is a real problem between Bo and Din. Bo-Katan wants the dark saber, and Din Djarin has it. Din Djarin, in theory, could show up to Mandalore. I mean, he's going to want Grogu back somehow. I guess what I'm fearful of is there's going to be a run-in with Luke, and Luke's not going to be willing to give him Grogu back, and there's going to be a problem. Hmm. That's, that's my fear of Din Djarin coming to the realization that Grogu needs his father, and Luke's going to say no. Well, well, let's rewind back to the episode with Ahsoka, though. Remember, she said Grogu is going to have to choose what mm-hmm. he wants to do. So, uh-huh. it, to me, I think that's the story. What will he choose to do as time progresses? But that's Ahsoka who believes in humanity and believes in choice. And Luke Skywalker, I, know, I don't but feel I'm watching it. this show. Uh huh. You know, as the casual fan, yeah. I'm watching this show, so I can only really gravitate and work off this show. You're gravitating off or, or going yeah, into just other all shows, yeah. all the whole universe, which sometimes is intimidating. I'm sure it is. <laughs> but I also like, that's why I want, I'm looking, I'm ex- like, what do you, like, okay, do you think Luke did anything wrong? No, they called him. Okay. I mean, I see what you're saying. They called him. I'm surprised and I'm disappointed. He came. I wished it would have been more of a current character. Yeah. Because I, too, wrapped up the series when the movies were done. Yeah. yeah or wrapped up the Skywalker yeah. legacy. So let's let him go already. But I think it was very ingenious at the same time. Yeah. And I see exactly what you're saying about how he behaved this just like Darth Vader. I, I see it. I see it yeah. all in uh, Rogue One. Sorry. But, uh, yeah. You know. 
Okay, so where do you think this? Where do you think slash want season three to go? We're here on the bridge. We've got Gideon mm-hmm. is not dead. He's captured. Right. Bo-Katan wants the dark saber and Din has it. Those are basically the big overarching things for the Mandalorian that are left. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen at Grogu? Well, we've got obviously. quite a few things. Number one, we do have Com Commander Katie O'Brien. I mean, we did not see her dead on the floor, and no. we all agree that. I mean, she's a big star to have brought in to just kill on the floor. So I think that there's something there that we we did not see her. She's had a Number lot of one. lines for an extra. Exactly. Number two, you know, we have the, the what's his name again? The professor? The oh, Dr. Scientist, Pershing. Dr. Pershing. There's two little loose ends right there. Mm-hmm. So I, I would like to know what's going to happen with those two. I don't believe they just fell off. No, the planet or the ship, and obviously we are right, literally in the middle of something. What happens to Moth? What happens between um, Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan, and Din uh, and Din? I okay. mean, that's something real, right at this moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's going to play the game. I don't think he's going to play the game. Take it away. I don't. I don't want it. But and, she won't take it. He tried. That's too bad. I mean, he's going to leave it on the. I don't think he's going to play that game. Or. Does he now become the power? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Not was never something he's looking for, but now all of a sudden he's got. So I think it should be interesting. So I don't think my idea is popular at all, at all. But I still wonder if Din is going to turn out to be force sensitive. Hmm. This series is over and over and over and over saying, telling this season, not this series, this season in particular. Din, you're enough. You're all Grogu needs. Doesn't Ahsoka say that? You're all he needs. Mm-hmm. Din is f- hyper-focused on needing to be with a Force user. Ahsoka Tano also says she's surprised how powerful he still is because if you don't use the Force, it will go away. Mm-hmm. It'll lie dormant. What if Din never knew he was Force-sensitive because there was never any Jedi around to pick up on his Force-sensitivity? Hmm. He was a kid during the Clone Wars, and there, everything was out of balance, and everything was in chaos. He is now also the holder of the Darksaber, which, I don't know if you remember, the Darksaber was originally wielded by a Force-sensitive... So, I don't know. Like I feel like I'm totally alone on this hill, but what if he really is Force-sensitive? He has the Darksaber now. The Darksaber... Bo-Katan thinks it's hers. She, I, to me, at the, at this season, I think she, to me, she feels like Cersei Lannister feeling that the throne, the game, you know, what what was the throne called? The sword throne or whatever it was, was like, is hers. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what they're doing with Bo-Katan, except for now Din Djarin is actually a Force-sensitive Mandalorian. And it is rightfully his, who now they're already writing in. They are writing in already that Bo-Katan feels she is better than Boba Fett because he's a clone. She definitely seemed different this episode than she did the first yes. time I saw her. So is she all of a sudden going to be like, Din Djarin, you're not even a real Mandalorian. You weren't born on Mandalore. You're a foundling. Is she going to somehow make him less than because he's a foundling? I don't think he's going to play this game. Parents will do a lot of things to get their kids back. Uh, well, that's they're two totally separate things right now. Maybe. I mean, one is the Bo-Katan. Yeah. Bo-Katan. And the other one is uh, Luke Skywalker and this yeah. Jedi school. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I'm curious 
I'm how Din has to figure out that he's worthy of being Grogu's father to want to go get him back. Mm-hmm. At this moment where the story is leaving off, I feel the only way he's going to feel like he can teach him is if he himself is a force user. If he's force sensitive, he's going to be like, oh my God, I really do have everything I need. Now I have to go get him back. So. Well, it's interesting. I don't know. Like, I'm really. It's interesting because I agree. I don't know where the show's going to go. I feel like there's three different enemies now on the bridge of that ship. I mean, do you get that vibe? Or do you think Bo-Katan and Din are going to be able to be friends? I think they're going to be able to be friends. Okay. I do. So they'll figure it out, personally. I don't see any reason. I mean, we all know that Boba Fett's now going to... Well, okay. Yeah, so we want to go there. So now we can go to the the post-credits scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I was all... That doesn't mean he's a bad guy. Who? Boba Fett. Oh, he's a bad dude. (laughs) To me. To, there's no way they can make Boba Fett a hero. There's just no way. Hmm. I don't even no no. You can maybe make him a. But if they're going to give him a show, they can't have a whole story about a a bad guy. You don't think so? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't. Think I think how I work. think he's going to be straight up a an antihero. Okay. Maybe in some aspects he's going to be alright, but he is a bad dude. Like so, we get some post credit scenes, right? And we see Jabba's palace. I was here for Jabba's palace. Is probably my ultimate super very 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 favorite location in all of star wars i was very excited we get bib fortuna who's clearly taken over uh jabba's role fennec comes down shoots a bunch of people frees a slave boba fett kills bib fortuna sits on the throne and we get book of boba fett coming december 2021 so boba fett now is sitting on the throne of the hut cartel (laughs) He's now ruler of a huge gangster syndicate, uh, which is really cool. So I don't see how you – that show clearly is going to be about the crime syndicate. But I thought the Huts they were a whole family of – Yeah, they're mobsters. Okay. They're basically mobsters. So we had – because that was part of Clone Wars too. That's mm-hmm. what Darth Maul. That's what Darth Maul did with the power of the Mandalorians and the Darksaber. He brought all the crime syndicates together. There was Crimson Dawn. There was the Hut Cartel. There was Black Sun. There was um, oh god, the guys with the triangle head things. I'm blanking on their names right now. We see one of them in Solo. Um, oh god. Anyways, a group, a gaggle of crime syndicates it brought them all together. Dryden Voss during during solo talks about the fragility of the crime syndicates, how they're always at each other. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's now in control of the hut cartel. And that was the biggest of them all. Darth Maul used the dark saber in clone wars, maybe rebels too. No, in clone wars to bring the crime syndicates together. And his idea was to overthrow Palpatine and the empire with the crime syndicate and run the whole galaxy. So Boba Fett's kind of taking up all of this. So like, how do you have a show? I mean, I think we're about to get the Sopranos in space. I never saw the Sopranos cause I'm not personally interested in like gangster stuff. I'm not from Jersey. No. I mean, I'll be all about this gangster <laughs> stuff, but that's what I've it's never gonna, seen it either. This show I'm imagining will straight up be crime syndicate stuff. So I'm hoping to get Kira, Kira back from solo. An old lady, Kira. She wouldn't be that old. 
actually. Do you think what's your name? I don't remember the actor's name that was in Game of Thrones that played Kira. Could she play like a forty-year-old? Because I think she's gonna be around forty. Yeah, I think so. Wouldn't that be great to get Kira back? Oh my god, this is just dawning on me that she's only forty. I thought she was gonna be an old lady. She's only like forty. And Kira was maybe the thirty or forty. Of Holy cow! I've got to figure out. Right, she was the girlfriend yeah. of Han Solo. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I'm gonna put her at like mid twenties in Solo. Oh my god! I need to figure out this timeline. Someone tweet at us or send us an email about the timeline, but I think it's like twenty years beforehand. Maybe thirty. She's in her forties or fifties. She could play a forty or fifty year old, right? You could do that with makeup. Uh, sure. Or they could recast her, I guess, if they needed to. <laughs> but that'd be really cool to get Kira back. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I really like that character a lot. So uh, I think we're going to get into some of that. I feel like that'll all be part of Bad Batch. Because in Season 7 of Clone Wars, they had put Dryden Voss in a conversation. There was a hologram of Dryden Voss, And I'm sure the only reason they had that character model was for Bad Batch. So I think the crime syndicates, crime syndicates are going to come back into Bad Batch somehow, which will be really awesome. So, I don't know. Are you excited for the Boba Fett show? I am, but I have to wait all year. So we're going to have another season of Mandalorian and then that. So if so, I, I, I'm curious about how that will go down. I mean, if it goes on the same timeline, which why wouldn't it? There was talk on Twitter that people were confused. Is Boba Fett taking – is that actually season three of The Mandalorian? I'm like, I – no, I didn't get that I at all. I didn't get that. Either. I got a no. second series, right? Which I would imagine if it's coming right after, if, if this all come, if if it looks like it does now, I would imagine Boba Fett's going to come on after the Mandalorian, and if anything, we'll get the Mandalorian a little bit earlier in 2021 than we have the last two years, mm-hmm. and somehow events in the Mandalorian are going to lead more into Boba Fett. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking the same. That's kind of where I'm at. So I'm really excited for that. I mean, now we know we're going to have two shows. We know we're going to have three shows in 2021, though. We're mm-hmm. going to have, we know we're going to have Bad Batch, Mandalorian, but and But we Boba haven't Fett. seen anything for Bad Batch, right? We saw that sizzle reel, remember? Mm. It no. looked awesome. I, I don't know if I saw it. Off to really? Look. Oh, yeah, I'll show Can it to you. Can we pause the show now and show it Because it looks great. You want to? Yeah, let's do it. We're going to hit pause real quick. All right, we just played the Bad Batch okay. sizzle reel for Tom. What do you think? I think it looks really good. It reminds me very much of the Clone Wars. Yeah, it's the exact same animation. Style. Yeah, totally. So it's good. Yeah, I had definitely not seen that. It's so funny because when we watched season seven, mm-hmm. I was like, eh. hopefully we get <laughs> more than eight, eight episodes. No, it's a series. Good. So what that I don't know. Good. But it, we don't I, know the timeline. We don't know any of that, right? No, we have a good idea. Okay. I mean, Tarkin's in it. Okay. So we know it's before A New Hope. He's younger. Okay. And we saw. We see it at least at some point in the show. It's during Revenge of the Sith because okay. we saw Palpatine talking about the First Galactic Empire, which is the last act of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Okay, so we know at least somewhere right around there, it's going to take place. It's going to take place. Either, I I actually know what now because I haven't really thought about this that way. It'll probably take place. I think season one will probably be concurrent with what's going on. In season seven of the Clone Wars, I bet. Because we know during season seven go runs into Revenge of the Sith because we during season seven, Anakin falls and becomes Darth Vader. That moment. 
And then that was right before Palpatine makes his claim. So cool. it's probably going to run side by side with that. But. Cool. So we're going to have three shows next year for sure. Maybe more. I don't know. I don't know when this other stuff. I didn't dig super deep into when everything was being Do we have a movie released. coming out too? 2023. Oh, okay. Thank God. I like a break. I like time away. Mm-hmm. Like, I like a year away from Mandalorian season three because I want a year to process everything that I got from this season and, mm-hmm. like, really have my... Maybe it's because I'm such a longtime fan. I'm so used to breaks mm-hmm. that... I don't know. I like it better that way. So, if anything, I mean, I'm all excited, obviously, to have a lot of Star Wars, but I'm like, oh my god, I don't want too much Star Wars. I'm not used to it. Like, it's overwhelming. Tell me about it. Because inevitably, (laughs) which I think I've talked about this with you, inevitably there's going to be a Star Wars show that I'm kind of like, eh, about. Mm -hmm. It has to happen. I don't see how I could be this intense with every single Star Wars project. Well, you are like that. Not Rebels. What came out? Resistance. You're a little... Oh, that's eh. true. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you know what? You're right. The Rise of Skywalker. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Like, it's fine. <laughs> it gave me... I am. I love Ray Skywalker. Like, with every fiber of my being, it gave me that. And I'm, like, so into that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I'm like, it's fine. It's probably still better than most movies. Mm-hmm. For me, but I'm like, yeah. That was this the first. That's the first movie I've ever been like. Eh. 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 So, I guess, and I made it through that. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Serving Pink Milk. You can visit our website at servingpinkmilk.com. Leave us a an email at servingpinkmilk at gmail.com. And then please, please, please don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review and a written review, and pop over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel and smash that like button on some of those things. And uh, also... Don't forget to have a happy holiday. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. This will come out two days before Christmas. So if you listen to us the day of release, we hope you have wonderful holidays and uh, spend some time with your family. Maybe pop on a Star Wars movie, huddle around with a bowl of popcorn. Or listen to our podcast. (laughs) Or listen to our podcast. Most of the time I don't have a ton of bad A year's worth of it. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think that would be fun. Yeah. Maybe that's what we'll do on Christmas. We'll just listen to ourselves talk. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm thrown off when I do listen to us in the car. <laughs> and then the funniest part is when I'm cracking myself up, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we might be a little crazy. A little but anyways, cray cray. I think y'all might like our crazy because we really have grown a lot. So what so a wonderful, you. yeah, honestly, I am beyond grateful. This last month we have grown leaps and bounds and so obviously people out there listening are enjoying it and you're going out of your way to tell your friends so thank you and uh yeah that's it until next week drink up drink up